there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double shot K-Cup with my guest, Alex Counts. In your latest book, Alex, entitled When in Doubt, Ask for More and 213 Other Life and Career Lessons for the Mission-Driven Leader. What do you think some of the most important lessons are, maybe just a handful of them, that you'd like to share with our young listeners who may still be a few years away from being those mission-driven leaders, but could still be relevant nonetheless in the early days of their careers? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the lesson from which the book draws its title, When in Doubt, Ask for More, is a lot of people who are not experienced in fundraising, they, can they feel that fundraising is a zero-sum transaction where they're trying to talk someone out of their money and leaving them with less and the fundraiser with more. And so they say, well, I, I don't, I don't want to impose on them too much. And I say that's just a wrong way of looking at fundraising. And, and there's a whole other lesson around that. But I said, listen, develop a robust, exciting partnership. And that probably is going to be asking for more than you would initially be comfortable with. Take a risk, make it exciting for everyone involved. And they're not obligated to say yes, but why not put in front of them your biggest, your most exciting vision of the partnership? And you can go down from there. But if you if you start at a low level, maybe you'll end up not being their favorite charity, but their fourth favorite charity. And, and the, the one that was more ambitious became their top one. So you should always want to be the person's top philanthropic interest. You know, you mentioned something to me once about the importance of not burning bridges. And I, I certainly agree with that. But one of the things, one of the lessons in the book that's a little less intuitive is I talk about, it's okay to make a few enemies. By which I mean, I think sometimes people are so cautious in what they say, the positions they take, the principles that they defend. I once got myself kicked off a nonprofit board as a matter of principle because I, I believe that good governance was more important than being collegial or going along to get along. And there's still some relationships that haven't recovered from that. But I just believe that take some risks, be spontaneous, and some you're going to turn some people off. And that's okay because as long as you, first of all, true to yourself and you make sure that the people that you develop positive relationships with, make them really positive make them really positive for you and for them. And if you have 80 relationship, professional relationships, they're just really great that people will do anything for you and you do anything for them. And if there are 10 that aren't in such good shape, I think that's a, that's a decent exchange. If you're trying never to offend anyone, you'll also won't develop those super robust relationships quite as honestly. So uh, you, one can disagree, but that's something I've come to think. I've, I've also come to believe that this is in both books, but I, I talk about the power of always being engaged in something that you're a novice at, which is usually a hobby, but it could be a new part of your profession that you're not that skilled at. Because I think that 
you know, the tendency as we get older is we navigate towards things that we have competence in or that comfort us. Think of like watching reruns of a TV show you like or doing something that you're good at professionally. And besides that and family and sleeping, that's it. And by doing something that you're a novice at, that you're, you're not good at, but you put yourself around people that are, because that's how you get out of being a novice, you kind of look foolish a lot. You make a lot of mistakes, you're, you know, and then, and that I think keeps you playful and humble and in a learning mode rather than in a kind of a self-satisfaction mode that I think seeps into every aspect of your life. If you're doing something that you're a novice at, then you think about, how could I be better at being a husband? How can I be better at being a leader? How can I be better fundraiser? I might be good, but I can be better because I know in the novice area, and I know how much fun it can be once you embrace the adventure of it, of just being bad at something, sucking at something, but being around people that are good, which helps you develop into a new skill. So those are some of the things, just technical things about fundraising. You know, if you're in a fundraising meeting, for the most part, if you're going to ask someone for money, which you don't always do when you're with a donor, I think it usually makes sense to get the ask out, including a dollar amount in the first five to 10 minutes of a meeting. Really? And I, kind of, I, I kind of, and I briefly, yeah, people tend to, I did, people tend to, you know, they're nervous about the ask because what if the person says no? So they spend like, of an hour meeting, they spend 50 minutes building up to it and trying to create this art, you know, which you should have been doing in some degree beforehand. But the person's like, well, where is this all going? And then you get to the end and you finally get over your fear and you say, we want a million dollars. Well, the meeting is almost over. So you've got now only 10 minutes to negotiate the million dollars. Well, million dollars over what time period? For what uses? What staff are going to be involved? Well, you're out of time. Rather, if it's a meeting where you're coming to ask, be upfront. Or as one of my mentors said about giving speeches, start with your conclusion. Don't build up to what the main message. Give that at the beginning and then say, okay, now I'm going to tell you how I got there. So it relaxes people. People know where what you want. If you're asking for a million dollars, they might just say yes, and then you can just you can celebrate that we're going to put out a press release about this. Or they might just say no, in which case you have the rest of the meeting to say, okay, well, what would interest you? Uh, is it what we're asking for? Is it the amount? And then you walk away with 50 minutes of kind of an operating manual from the donor of what they might say yes to either a million dollars or some other amount for something that they are passionate about. So get the ask out and let them, if it's a solicitation meeting, spend the meeting in negotiation with your objective on the table early on so you can spend time figuring out if it makes sense rather than trying to kind of put out every last argument about it. But the person's there, but where is this going? It, it just, it confuses and frustrates people, I find. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.